Thank you for tuning in. This is Thoughtful Thursday, where we bring to you different professionals to talk about their thoughts on the impact of COVID-19 towards different industries and the society at large, what we can and should do, and what we should expect coming out from this and moving towards the new normal. I'm your host, Aydin Lau. In this episode, we have Professor Dr. Christoph Schinkers, Head of the School of Accounting and Finance at Taylor's University, to share with us the impact of COVID-19 towards the global economy, stock markets, and the different policies that will help the complexities of the economy. I hope you're all ready for some exclusive insights. So we have seen the instability of markets during this time and including like the oil drop that happened recently. Could you explain to us the timeline of how stock markets are affected by the extenuating circumstances like COVID-19? Well, actually, the, as, you, as you know, or you might know, financial markets, they are very sensitive to uncertainty. So they don't like uncertainty. And uh, the COVID-19 impacted financial markets when they were at a quite high level, actually. So the first step that we usually observe is that investors, they will run away from risky assets to focus more on safer ones like bonds, gold, for instance. We can observe uh, recently an, an increasing trend of the price of gold. So this is what we observe in the first step. And then the second step after a particular period then the market will adjust and enter in a correction phase in the sense that the market, the financial markets will actually value companies that are able to go through the situation while actually they will penalize the companies that are not able to go through the situation. So what I mean is the fact that it looks like a bit uh, negative what I'm saying, but, uh, you know, financial markets, it, we are talking about investors. So they give money in order to do activity and, and some some uh, companies will be able to continue to adjust, to be flexible, this kind of things. So these companies will actually, we will see uh, a growth for this company in this correction phase. Means that, in other words, the financial markets, they will uh, select the good companies and the bad companies. It means the good one are those who are able to go through the situation uh, and the other one that are not able, who actually it's a bit more difficult for them to create some business activities, then probably they will be more penalized and then uh, investors will probably less buy this kind of stocks, for example. Could you elaborate on the effects of the stock market and possibly what we can learn from it? So um, organizations learning from it, as well as maybe the investors um, learning from this pattern? Related to what we can learn from this current situation, the COVID-19. Actually, what the COVID-19 shows is how the global economy as a system is more and more concentrated and interconnected, but also uniform. So that's three words that I think uh, we can uh, associate with the global economy after the, the COVID-19. We can see that the COVID-19 emphasized this situation. The global economy is concentrated, interconnected, and uniform. What I mean? I mean by concentrated, I mean that people tend to live more and more in very large cities. And these cities are more and more physically interconnected. So we can see that with the COVID-19, how the, the, the virus has been physically spread. Uh, between all the countries via airport, via big cities and these kind of things. So this is the interconnectivity. And, and at the same time, all these people uh, tend to consume the same global products. Means that this configuration uh, usually help policymakers 
to improve the system. Because when you know, when you have a system that is concentrated, interconnected and uniform, it's easier to manage. Normally, these three characteristics are quite positive in order to improve the efficiency of the system. However, the COVID-19 show us the extent to which a strength of our global economy can actually become a weakness. Um, then how are demands and supply dynamics for goods changing as COVID-19 develops? Um, could you elaborate more on how the demands and supply dynamics uh, for goods are, is being changed by uh, the development of COVID-19? Yes, sure. Um, as you mentioned, the COVID-19 and, and the lockdown of a lot of national economies create a situation in which companies are not able to produce and to manufacture. So it means that workers are simply not going to work and they, they are not going to produce something. It means that we are facing with a supply shock, an exogenous supply shock, means a sudden shock, uh, a sudden reduction in the ability of national companies to supply goods. So if this uh, sudden shock is short, that it doesn't uh, you know, last too long, then uh, it's okay because then the company can just stop to produce. They still have uh, some stocks for a while and then they can come back and everything is okay. But when it is longer, when we have a longer disruption, like several weeks or months, then companies, they might miss several business opportunities and therefore they will lose some um, you know, ability to, to generate cash flows. And then they might be in a situation in which it will be difficult for them to pay their staff salaries. So this reduction of salaries or even employment, because some companies will probably have to cut some staffs, then this reduction of salaries combined with the cut of uh, headcount and, and the cut of uh, staff might generate a decrease in the global demand. Uh, so... Could you explain a little bit on uh, fiscal and monetary policies, how they work? And yeah, let's start with that first. How do they work in this situation? Usually to deal with an economic recession, a central bank or the financial authority of the monetary authority of a country usually uh, reduces the interest rate in order to restart the production and, and to push the, the supply and to promote the economic development through um, more incentive for investments. Because um, what does that mean? That means that if you reduce the interest rate, that means that the companies, they will have more incentives to borrow money in order to build more productive capacity. Because that's time to, to, you know, to borrow money. If you, if you have an interest rate that is quite low, it's time for, for, for a company to borrow money in order to expand, in order to develop, you know, in order to produce more in the future. Moreover, there is another point to mention here is the fact that, you know, with the COVID-19, um, we, are, we are in a very uncertain uh, situation. And uh, we, can, I mean, we can really wonder if this classical monetary policy would work. Because with the spread of the virus, um, you know, we are in a growing uncertainty. And that reduces the enthusiasm of companies to invest. So in other words, the monetary uh, policy uh, probably it's not enough in this context. We need more. So that means that we need then the second policy, the fiscal policy. Fiscal policy, most of the time, is related to specific target uh, expenditures that the government will do in order to help specific 
um, targets. So most of the time, in the short term, fiscal policy will try to protect incomes and to support the workers and to be sure that we have an effective continuity of the national health system. That's what the countries will try to do in the very short term. So uh, another fiscal um, measure is to reduce taxation. For example, the tourism uh, sector, the government might decide, okay, look, this uh, sector is so important for the country that we decide to exempt or to reduce the taxation related to all activities in these sectors. So that's, that's another way of, of dealing with uh, fiscal policy. I want to emphasize that everything is not so easy in a sense that, uh, as you can guess, all these fiscal measures have a direct impact on government spending. Um, now, what are some of the ways to prevent an economic crisis from happening? Everyone uh, is wondering how we can actually uh, prevent or how we can forecast an economic crisis or a financial crisis. But I'm not sure that it's possible to avoid economic crisis because they are uh, actually fully part of our history and, and the economic history and economic activity. Uh, everywhere in the world we have a, I mean, there is a beautiful book about this history of financial and economic crisis. It looks like we always try to avoid them, but they always come in a way or in another way, in a sense that they are, uh, these crises are part of the system. We cannot like uh, live, you know, in uh, everything is beautiful and everyone is, uh, you know, uh, is going, uh, you know, growth, growth, growth. We are going up, up, up. We have to face with uh, the complexity of the economic reality. Having said that, I think that we can suggest some path to explore in order to improve our understanding and our response to the COVID uh, situation. So for the policymaker, I think we discussed about that now, um, the COVID-19 forced them to be more creative uh, with the usual economic tools. So um, as I mentioned before, you know, usually fiscal or monetary policy are debated and, and fiscal or monetary tools are debated and implemented. However, you know, economic activities are by essence based on human interaction and this, the current situation totally shakes uh, our way of thinking economic interactions. Resilience, flexibility and probably, you know, digital economy and a way, I mean, finding a way that would, through which companies would be able to create an economic activity that is not affected by the social distancing. Finally, there's a takeaway, I think, for experts and for scholars, for, for economists, because usually we perceive the global economy as a mechanistic machine that can be controlled through the adjustment of some specific indicators. And I think that this COVID-19 situation shows us that the global economy is actually not protected from organic aspect. I mean, something that usually we never talk about now it looks like the COVID-19 remind us that the global economy. So I think there are some more paths to explore in the way of we can model uh, the global economy as a living metabolism rather than a mechanical machine. What are your advice to students um, in this point of time? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, students, they are facing with uh, unprecedented situation and possibly and hopefully, uh, they will never face with this kind of situation in the future, hopefully. So uh, I think that students, generally speaking, they can leverage at two levels. First, at a personal level, and after that, in a more general level. So at the first, uh, personally, I think they can 
learn more about themselves. And it's not only students, it's also everyone. What is interesting is the fact that the students with the COVID-19, they can experience the gap between theories and models that usually we teach them at the university and the reality where things can be much more complex. Uh, I would then invite students to think creatively about these gaps uh, uh, by using their own experience of the lockdown and, and to say that, okay, now I can really experience this, this difference between the theories and the models and what's, what I can see and what I can feel and what I can experience every day. So think creatively about that. So how we can fill the gaps? Because as you can guess, uh, you know, all the scholars in economics, they will probably work on this. And very soon you will have articles in the future about, you know, how to integrate pandemics aspects in, in a more economic model. And, and I think that that will be very interesting to, to, to see and to have that. So I would say to the students to stay positive and, and to think creatively about the situation, even if it's not necessarily easy every day. That was Professor Dr. Christoph Schinkers, head of the School of Accounting and Finance at Taylor's University. I'm your host, Aiden Lau, signing off from Thoughtful Thursday, the podcast with leading opinions from our thought leaders here at Taylor's. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening.